CPF is likely a familiar term to many Singaporeans, but what does it entail and what can you do with it? Let's find out more in today's episode. Hi, I'm Fengyi from Born Supermart. Welcome to another episode of our podcast series where we share with you about newborn issues and whole discussions on the fixed income market. So we are very happy to have Teeming back here with us on the show today. And this time we'll be chatting about Singapore's Central Provision Fund, also known as CPF. Now before we begin, would you like to say hi to our audience? Hi, I'm Teeming, a research analyst with Bonds Research at IFA Singapore. Welcome back to our show. Um, thank you for joining us today and let's get started. So for many Singaporeans, CPF is probably a very familiar term, you know, but what exactly is it? I mean, we probably have heard of, you know, like OA, retirement account, you know, these terms. Um, but what actually do they mean? So let's start off with a quick introductory class. Could you take us through? Uh, so CPF is just short for Central, Provi- Central Provident Fund, which mostly serves as a comprehensive savings scheme for both citizens and permanent residents, ultimately acting as a pension scheme for OH. Across CPF itself, for most people, there are only three accounts uh, at the start. So we have Ordinary Account, Special Account, and also save, uh, Medisafe Account. So this we will short, in short form, we will call OASA and ME. Yep. So for upon reaching 55 years old, the retirement account will be set up after taking some money from your SA first, then your OA. For different purpose of various accounts, OA is the all-purpose account within CPF. You can utilize it for quite a few purposes, which is housing, education, and also investment. SA, special account, is the account specifically reserved for retirement use only, while you can also invest the money inside. Lastly, MA is the most straightforward medicine for most who are familiar with it. It's being used to pay your healthcare or any kind of healthcare-related bills, meaning to say some of your insurance. Uh, for RA, retirement account, upon reaching 55, so what the CPF will do, right, is that they will transfer out the full retirement sum, FRS. It can be basic or enhanced depending on what you choose also uh, to create this uh, retirement account. This RA will be used eventually at 65 to fund your pension or life annuity, which is your CPF life, this will actually provide you a lifetime income. So something interesting about this full retirement sum, this FRS, right, is that actually you adjust when you reach 55. So for those reaching 55 years old this year, they're expected to have about 198.8k inside their FRS, uh, which they are the CPF will withdraw this amount from SA and OA to create this amount in RA. La. So what happens is that it will increase by about 7k a year now to actually adjust for inflation and to make sure you have enough in your CPF for retirement. So some other basic information, I think the most important one is the interest rates that they give. Ma. So OA gives you about 2.5%, while the other accounts all give you 4%. More and most importantly, a good to know information for most of the investors or anyone who is utilizing CPF la, is that the first 20k inside your OA earns an additional interest rates while although the interest rates goes to SA at the same time your first 40k inside your combined balance for savings account sorry special account and your MediSafe account earns an additional 1% as well so in total the first 60k in your balance in total will earn about additional 1% on top of whatever you are getting from OA and SA itself in the first place mm, on this topic you touch on interest rates right how are they calculated Right, so uh, this will be a little bit technical, so please uh, 
Bear with it. <laughs> yes. Uh, so for OA, the interest rate has a floor rate of 2.5%. Meaning to say anything below, CPF will keep it at 2.5%. Otherwise, right, this rate is actually pegged to the three months average of major local banks' interest rate or whichever that is higher based on these two. Uh, and the latest publicized three months average rate by CPF is actually uh, was actually 0.66% between the period of February 2023 to April 2023. For Special account and Medisafe account, the floor rate is 4%. Or otherwise, it's actually packed to the 12-month average yield of 10-year Singapore government securities, which means the Singapore government bond, plus an added 1%. Uh, so depending, same thing, whichever higher than they will take the interest rates, uh, which actually, right, for the period between May 2022 to April 2023, it's called the 12 months pack, uh, it has actually risen to 4.01%. Therefore, in the recent period, we did see an adjustment in the CPF SA returns to from 4% to a 4.01%. Oh. For RA, it is actually similar to SA and MA, which is uh, in the sense that they use the same interest rates, but instead of getting reviewed quarterly, mm. for both OA and uh, uh, SA and MA, these interest rates, they are actually reviewed on a quarterly basis. Mm. But for RA, the sum, it's a little bit more special in the sense that it is reviewed on an annual basis instead. So technically for next review or the announcement of how the interest rates will be, it is most likely for, it will be in August for OA, SA and MA and using the data available until July or the next uh, review for RA will be in November using the data available until October. Mm, okay, that's interesting. I didn't know like, you know, the reviews could be done like quarterly and also like on an annual basis. So thanks for sharing that. So now that we understand what CPF rates are about, I'm trying to draw links between, you know, the macro environment as well as the interest rates. So um, if I'm not wrong, based on my understanding, the OA interest rate is actually packed to the three months average of the local bank's fixed deposit and savings rates. So if the banks were to revise their savings account upwards, let's say to offer highest interest rate, does that also mean we will see a higher CPF OA interest rates? Technically, the answer is yes. Because across the board since last year, since all the interest rates have been increasing, we have seen the three months average interest rate across the major local banks increasing. Which mm. ultimately, the rate, right, the calculation will take into account 80% of 12 months deposits and 20% of the basic savings rate. So, the only issue is maybe just that the adjustment is kind of slower as compared to the deposits of longer maturity. Which ultimately, for this three months average across the major local banks, we see the adjustment from last year, January 2022, at zero. 0.09% to as of July 2023 a 0.66%. Mm. On the other hand, right, if you're looking across the board just in general uh, across the banks in Singapore and you're looking at fixed deposits of various maturity, that means longer maturity as well, right? The average fixed deposit rate right, is given by Money Lobang which averages out all this maturity period. It went from 0.5% in January 2022 to a estimated about 3% currently. So I think there's a difference in the speed of adjustment there. I see. Okay, if I have not mistaken, the CPF interest rates have also remained stable for a very long time. Um, we spoke about the rising interest rate environment earlier, but if we were to look at it from another perspective, right, the rates have also maintained despite a down macro environment. Is that correct? 
So the benefit with CPS policy on how they set the interest rates, right, which is ultimately that they have a floor rate and the frequency that they review, mm. it provides for necessary stability that Singapore, I mean, in general, the government likes to emphasize this on. The floor rate actually provides a viable expectation for citizens to know how much they're expecting their savings in CPF to grow by, which is quite important for planning. And thanks to the readjustment on a quarterly to annual basis, it retains the ability to capture the changes in the interest rates environment, which is ultimately very necessary, especially this is how we we see the SA rates have changed in the recent quarter as well. Uh, the stability really helps with Singapore's uh, context of growth. Since we are long past the constantly high interest rates and growth period, especially during the period of uh, 1970s to 1990s, mm. whereby at the point of time we are looking at slightly higher inflation rate but at the same time at very high growth. So the floor rate actually allows the citizens to enjoy minimum rate even though there's a possibility of interest rates at the point of time. I mean, prior to this period, uh, the possibility of interest rates lowering further given Singapore's stability. Right. Okay, thanks for explaining the importance of the CPF policy. Now, looking at investments, what are some of the products that, you know, is available for investing with CPF? So, under CPF, there is this thing called a CPF Investment Scheme, CPFIS, which allows you to invest your money. Uh, if you intend to use OA, you can invest the sum of money you have after your first 20k. If you intend to use your SA, you can use the sum of money after your first 40k. Okay. So, through our platforms, we actually have quite uh, a variety of funds available for clients to choose from uh, for the OA and SA investments, which includes a variety of equity and also bond funds for them to select. Mm. However, for SA, we would like to note uh, it's just that SA's investments tends to be a little bit more limited due to CPS regulation, which ultimately CPF is quite worried about um, SA investors taking a little bit too much risk. Okay. So what they do is that CPF actually severely limits the risk level you are able to take on for exposure and then your risk exposure through your uh, CPF SA investments. La. So okay. technically in that sense you have a less you have much lesser choices for you to choose from when it comes to CPF SA. Especially given the fact that they will want to limit to a particularly lower risk. So moving past funds, you can actually use your OA to invest into stocks and bonds also. Although the limitations on these two will be greater because of high risk level. So uh, only 35% of your investable amount can be used to invest into stocks and bonds. So for example, if you have 10k available through your OA, mm. meaning to say in total you have 30k, then first 20k to set aside. Only 3.5k out of this 10k excess, it can be utilized okay. to buy stocks and bonds. So at the same time, CPF also limits that the stocks and bonds, right? It must be listed on SGX and only SGX. So for bonds, there's also quite some additional limitations, which is namely, firstly, uh, the bond needs to be issued by a Singapore company. It must be in Sing dollar, and most importantly, it must be rated at least A2 by Moody's, A by SP, or A by Fitch ratings. Mm. So while these options are available, like we are able to look at funds, stocks, and bonds, right? Quite a few things, right? But finding it right instrument might be easier considering that we have a wide selection of funds to choose from rather than just looking I just want to buy into stocks and bonds I see well thanks for summing that up um, I also note that you wrote a couple of articles surrounding the Singapore government securities um, I wanted to check you know like should investors invest in these securities with their CPF funds so I think quite recently especially with the rise in the use of T-bills a lot of investors or People with CPF, la, CPF mm. sitting inside, right? Mm. They are thinking about using their CPF to buy T-bills. Correct. So let's tackle that directly. The issue of using OA 
on T-bills, right, is that investors might potentially lose out on the interest rates. Sorry, not Mike. They will potentially lose out on the interest rates definitely when they apply for withdrawal to invest in T-bills. What happens for this system or this structure is that OE withdrawals will not earn the interest in the month that is withdrawn. And also for any contributions, i.e. In, in this case, right, when the matured amount after six months when it comes back into the account, right, mm. they will only start uh, earning interest rates in the earning interest in the following month. Mm. So there will be a period whereby uh, interest rates will not be you know, accounted for. You won't get any contributions for interest rates. Okay. So in this case, right, investors may potentially lose up to two months worth of OA interest depending on when is the application of the other T-bills itself. Okay. So the issue is, um, beyond looking just attractive, right, the use on the T-bills have to be sufficient to actually compensate for the loss they might potentially make. And this can be quite hard to determine, especially you have to count the dates itself, how many dates am I missing, how many dates I might be missing when it matures. Uh, and also not forgetting, there are some fees uh, associated with T-bills application when it comes to CPF uh, monies, which there's a $2.50 one-time fee uh, <laughs> plus GST. Then there's also quarter service uh, fee per counter of $2. So that yeah. if you're looking purely just uh, this per quarter, so if you're looking for 6 months T-bills, we are looking at at least uh, $6.50 uh, eating into returns. At the same time, uh, overall, I think investors, they have to really evaluate their potential earnings coming in from T-bills, whether it can really be much more than OA. Uh, especially since that T-bills itself, the issue with T-bills is that when you have applied for T-bills, you might not know what is the exact you you will get mm. because there is varying cut off use at depending on demand each time. So every auction recently we might see a difference in like the cut off you depending on right, whether right. it has excess demand or excess supply in the market. Meanwhile, for cash, investors don't have to worry about this kind of thing since it's not coming from OEA. They don't, mm. don't have to worry about what's the potential mm. uh, loss of the interest rates because OA or CPF itself has such a such a strict calculation method when it comes to the interest rates. So on the other hand, right, um, other than T-bills, we have been looking at some interests um, in fixed deposits as well. So some investors are looking to put their CPF uh, away inside fixed deposits. But I think fixed deposits is kind of a little bit more limited. Like there isn't so many options currently. So the latest shows there's a 2.7% for six months fixed deposits by OCBC. Assuming that we have to account for the two months potential loss, 2.7% might not be able to cover the loss. So I think investors have to really evaluate uh, on a case-by-case basis to see whether if that will be worth the effort and also be worth the interest rates also. Whether the total yield will be really worth the time to do such a thing. I see. Thank you for sharing. I hope like um, myself, I will be taking down notes. <laughs> so it's important to do some homework and do some calculations before you actually decide whether you want to invest or not, I guess. Yes, definitely. Okay. Um, I'm wondering if investors should adjust their investment plans if CPF raises their interest rates. I think this is a very valid and important question for anyone who has CPF, which although we all know that we have CPF and we have savings inside and quite a substantial amount, mm. we then forget or miss out planning on CPF just because it's not cash, whereby we cannot touch as flexibly or as freely. There have been a lot of advocates, I think, online for like 1M65, which means uh, reaching 1 million sing with CPF by 65. But I think... Along the way, there's still quite a lot of Singaporeans to forget to really plan about including CPF into their planning process, whereby is it for housing, marriage, and etc. Mm. Uh, the issue closer to not... Um, I think it's a bit more towards like they don't really know how they can actually plan for it and or find it a bit hard to take into account, especially when they realise that it's not as flexibly they can 
control it as freely as they want to. But then given that CPF in the early stage of adulting life, right, it takes seven, 37% of our monthly income, mm. which 20% comes from our own contribution and yeah. also a 17% from our employer. I think it's crucial for us to actually plan out this relatively significant for amount sure. of money, which mm. is whether you want to make it more adequately uh, available for your retirement, but also other purposes also make sense. Yeah. Um, Overall, I don't think I can say whether we should be just investing more with your CPF monies or not because ultimately that really depends on your individual situation, especially for some uh, couples who are actually planning to utilize their money for housing. But regardless, I think definitely have a... I advocate for adequate planning with your money inside rather than just remembering that it sits inside then you earn interest rates. Right, right, right. Thanks for highlighting the importance of like taking... Um, CPF into consideration as well in your planning. Yeah. So I think, you know, the impression of CPF is often tied to retirement planning. Um, and bonds, you know, generally is also considered as a safer asset class um, for people who want stable returns. Now, do you think that these two can actually work hand in hand to help supplement one's retirement plans? For me, I think the answer is uh, straight. Forward very 100% yes. So okay. CPF Life, just to kind of simplify and to reiterate, CPF Life is a life annuity through CPF that yep. provides for a lifetime income with a starting pot of money. Mm. So depending on how much money you put inside, you will determine about how much of a monthly income you can actually get from an NOT. Bonds carry the same idea which ultimately will provide you a fixed income over a particular period with an initial investment required to start with. CPF Life, right, being backed by the government, uh, CPF and therefore the government, is actually quite minimal risk given that the Singapore government holds a triple A rating from the major credit rating agencies. Uh, look at Moody's, S&P and also Fitch. Yeah, yeah. To plan out for retirement, some investors might potentially feel that the CPF life might be quite limited given that there's a cap on the retirement sum that you can put in. So the maximum you can put in is just enhanced uh, retirement sum. You cannot put in more than that and then you don't have the control over the returns that you can get also mm. on the other hand bond can with the similar characters, characteristics right in the sense that you can get uh, income over a certain period it has a much wider variety of risk for you to choose from uh, at the same time of course you have the same variety of returns yep. so investors have more control and flexibility to see like oh am I able to take on a high risk for a high return for Correct. a higher amount of income based on the same amount of starting pot of money mm. and at the same time right, um, the additional flexibility applies when ultimately when the bond matures they can actually take out a full sum of money and utilize for other purposes should they want to so maybe rather than oh I don't think I need the continuing income for over that period I rather utilize that money now for other purposes mm. it can be for estate planning for like for their uh, children that might be mm. possible as well so they can have more options and to think about how do you want to utilize the money mm. but the issue for that is ultimately uh, for bonds itself it might be difficult to hold a diversified portfolio given that bonds quantum can be quite hyper lot Okay. Yeah. So ultimately, yeah. it depends on how much the retiree might have when it comes to planning itself. And secondly, for any investments, uh, this will apply to any form of investments uh, as well. Investors will ideally will need to have the knowledge on the company and the credits, especially for bonds itself. And as such, it remains yes. necessary that the any investors continue to have the knowledge, and the knowledge is still there for them to make the right decisions. So, but overall. Uh, I believe that ultimately having this bonds portfolio or knowing that you can tap into the bonds right, will remain very beneficial for those who can choose to tap into this pool of great potential. Mm, understand. 
Talking about knowledge, I feel like um, they can visit Vaughn Supermart for greater insights. <laughs> Shameless plug. Okay, don't mind me. <laughs> Shall we wrap up with your predictions um, or outlook on how CPF rates might move moving forward? Right. Previously concluded as of uh, 21st July 2023, right? So the average 12 months 10-year SGS is about estimated 3.04%. If you are taking this into account, right, and maybe some more period since we haven't reached the end of July yet mm. uh, based on calculations. So we the plus one percent SA rates right might potentially rise to about four point zero three to four point zero five percent, depending on a bit of variations for the next quarter. Um, interest rates on the OA quite unlikely for now, given how the banks are actually regulating the savings rate, mm. uh, especially for the major local banks. Uh, our view for interest rates in general for Singapore is that most likely the interest rates are starting to stabilize from this point onwards. Of course, barring any further adjustments to the rate hikes that we see in the US depending on the economic data that they are getting, for whether it's for inflation, for GDP. But it's quite unlikely for us to see uh, interest rate adjustments to the extent we have seen previously, especially in 2022 itself, whereby we see such aggressive rate hikes and everything just hiking so quickly at most point of time. Mm. So while interest rates uh, are likely to remain higher for longer, we do think that they are mostly range-bound and to stabilise within this range for quite a while, at least for the next uh, second half of 2023 in Singapore. Mm, I see. Thank you so much for sharing all this with us. It was a great chat about the CPF and also you sharing your thoughts. Alright, so this episode was brought to you by Bond Superman. I'm Feng Yi and our guest speaker with us today is fixed income analyst Wong Ti Ming. Follow Bond Superman on Twitter, Facebook and Telegram to get first-hand updates on newborn issues, credit updates and special events. For Bond information and article, visit our website bondsupermart.com. Thanks for listening and we'll see you soon. Music